0: hey everybody and welcome to the dark cast i'm your host jonathan and this is dci number 118 In this episode, I've talked to Johnny Galvatron of Beethoven and Dinosaur about their first game, The Artful Escape of Francis Vendetti. Francis Vendetti is a story-driven musical game that looks to dive deep into the artistic nature behind the personas that are created with music. Uh, Don't worry if that didn't make a whole lot of sense, it will make a lot more sense when Johnny explains it. Anyway, the game's Kickstarter is starting very soon, on March 4th, and you can find links to the Kickstarter as well as a trailer for the game and many other things in the show notes to this episode on DarkStation.com. As always, thank you for listening, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Now on with the show! Alright, well, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us on the Darkcast tonight, how are you doing? Well, it's not. It's not nighttime here. It's nighttime, not for you. You're you're in the middle of the day. Basically, it's um, nighttime um, for me.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm still recovering from uh, Australia Day, <laughs> which was two days ago. Uh, nice. Day. What, what
0: kind of festivities do you have in Australia at Australia Day?
1: Um, we, I think, just generally we drink beer and feel guilty. Okay. Uh, that's our Australia Day tradition.
0: Okay. What? Why? <laughs> why feeling guilty? Because of the beer or?
1: Uh, oh, it's just the kind of imperial invasion Of, ah, of, a, sure. of a native land And then we play uh, We play a bit of cricket on top of that Just to try and lighten the mood <laughs> I'm sure you're a big cricket fan
0: Oh yeah, being in the States I, I watch it all the time um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know a game cricket goes for five days? I did not know that That's true That is a very long time for a single game <laughs> Yeah it is How, how does that work? Let's, let's uh, not about, get too deep into cricket here. But. Yeah,
1: no, like, hey, no one wants to hear about cricket. But uh, yeah, it goes for five days. Wow. That's all you need to know. Everyone wears white. Um, and I love it. I love the kind of sport where you can have a beer gut and a huge mustache and, and play for your country.
0: <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Alright, well, uh, we are here to talk about the artful escape of Francis Vendetti. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you and kind of what you do at uh, at the studio, making the game, and kind of your, your life before that and, and getting into the, the games industry. So, first off, just, you know, who are you
1: and what do you do? Um, well, my name is Johnny Galvatron and I'm from Melbourne. Um, I studied... Um, it's my phone going off there. I've got the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind uh, five tones going. <laughs> um, the um, I went to uni in Melbourne, studied game development. Um, about a week after um, I graduated, uh, I got a record deal with Warner Brothers, um, which was I think my band's fourth gig. We signed a very we signed a very big deal, and. Um, toured the world for about four or five years, had a couple of hits, got to play big festivals, got to go on big tours, play stadiums, got in lots of trouble, loved it. And um, then when I got back, I I didn't really love touring. Um, touring's quite hard. Uh, it sounds amazing until you do it. Um, and then I got back from touring, wrote a novel because I didn't want to leave the house, and then fell back into game development, started making The Artful Escape of Francis Mendetti. It's my backstory.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So was the music thing just kind of a, a, a sidetrack? Was that were you doing that while you were uh at a university or how did all that kind of come about?
1: Yeah, I was just playing in a band, um and we were we were playing like uh it's like a cross between Devo and Van Halen. And uh there was a certain window for that in two thousand and eight. <laughs> and um yeah, we were just playing gigs, and we uh, we practiced for about six months before we played our first gig, and then our, our first four shows, we got a, a, like a lot of people coming in, and by the fourth show, um, we'd signed a really big deal. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I really liked playing music and stuff, but I, I had no idea it was going to take off like that.
0: Sure. Sure, was the, the plan always then to kind of come back to games after <laughs> that part of your life was over?
1: Um, well, I, I mean, I wrote... Uh, you know music about games I actually wrote uh, one of the songs that did well in Australia was actually about a uh, uh, kind of a futurist piece which is about um, the the kid who was probably alive now who would grow up to become the Spielberg of of gaming or uh, or the Orson wells of gaming um, I like looking at it in that 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 futurist aspect so I, I was still my heart was very much in gaming there was a lot of gaming content within our music. Um, and then just eventually fell back into it, I guess, with the rise of um, more artist-friendly engines. It was easy to fall back into it.
0: Sure, sure.
1: So is is that what your uh, degree was in, was um, design was doing, or art or what? I was doing what? design and 3D computer animation and okay. rigging and uh, that that sort of stuff. So uh, moving into this game, into the artful escape of Francis, Francis Vendetti, it's like... Um, it's a bit of a unique way of, of layering um, uh, different... Well, they're, they're tech- they look like sprites, technically, they're not sprites. but um, uh, So there's not actually a lot of 3D in this game, but we've worked a, a technique where we think we've, we can create really fantastic depth within the scene and, and great texture just from uh, 2D art. Hmm. Very cool.
0: Very cool. So what, uh, when did you actually start working on uh, The Artful Escape? How long have you guys been working on that?
1: Um, uh, I probably started working about a year ago. Hmm. um, And opened up uh, Unreal Engine uh, for the first time around that time. I hadn't worked on that engine before. And then about, I think, maybe six months later, Unreal were using our game to advertise. So it all... uh, And we won the Unreal Developer Grant. They gave us a whole bunch of cash which was great, so it was a very quick turnaround from picking up Engine to having some success. Sure, yeah, that's fantastic. How did, how did they find you? Like, were you uh, I showing your stuff to them, or what, what? I sent them, like, a two-line email, okay. and it was like, I'm making this game here, you know, have a look. If, you, if, 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 we'd like, if you'd like to talk more about it, um, let me know. And then I think maybe a month later, they sent me an email just saying, we're going to give you, like, 20 grand.
0: I was like, oh. it was, was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is like hardcore networking right there. That is amazing. That's yeah. Fantastic. It was one.
1: It was one half-assed email to be completely honest. <laughs> and um, it, it's worked fantastic for us. we got to work longer on the game, make a, uh, work on a lot of our systems before going to Kickstarter and and having a more complete product to show people. Sure, sure.
0: Now, who else is working on the game with you?
1: Um, I'm working with a, another musician called uh, Josh Abrahams who worked pretty closely with Baz Luhrmann on Moulin Rouge. Hmm. Um, and he's worked with Ang Lee, and he's worked with a lot of Australian directors. And he wrote this Australian hit called Totally Addicted to Bass, which I remind him of every time that we hang out. And um, I, think, <laughs> I think some years he's done like, all the music for like, the big Sydney New Year's Eve fireworks display. He's done some crazy stuff. Wow. And um, he's great to work with. He has the best private synthesizer collection I've seen in the world. It's really incredible. Um, I, was just, I was just speaking to him the other day. I was like, you know, I want to make some R2-D2 kind of noises. He's like, well, that's a pretty specialized, really rare synth. It's like a, an ARP 800 and I've got two. It's like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> um And Justin and Sean are ones and zeros. And they've been programming around for a long time now. I think about seven or eight years, maybe. And um, they've done heaps of stuff. They've done, like, weird pharmaceutical programming, um, educational development software. And at the moment, they teach um, uh, game development and coding to kids with um, Asperger's and um, high-functioning autism.
0: Oh, wow. Very
1: cool. Um, So those guys... uh, they do a lot of good work. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Now, I assume all of you are in, uh, like, the Melbourne area, or is are you spread out?
1: Yeah, we're all in Melbourne. Okay. Straight out of Melbourne. Nice.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the, the actual game here. What is The Artful Escape of Francis Vendetti?
1: Well, it's a narrative-driven action-adventure musical game. Um it's it's about a young musician who's living in a town called Calypso, Colorado. And he he's coming up to his first show. He's he's a musician, he's trying to find who he is and he realizes that he, his uncle is quite famous, he's quite like he's kind of like a Bob Dylan sort of character or yeah. a John Cougar Malakam kind of character, his name's Johnson Vendetti. He's kind of lived his, his whole life in the shadow of Johnson Vendetti and he realizes that to be his own person, to be his own musician, he really has to Step away from that name and, and step away from that persona completely, um, and become someone else. And it's about the game. The game's themes are uh, that's the narrative, and, and, and you know obviously about Francis having to find himself and his creative self. And the 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 themes of the game are kind of about the world that artists build around their core medium. So that's like not not David Bowie's music, but but the the persona, the androgynous persona he created. And the world he created of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders of Mars around that music. Or if you look at Andy Warhol, like uh, the factories that he had, which were like these cultural hubs where, which were, you know, moth lights for celebrity. And, 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 and this whole world he built around his medium. And, and it's something that I think really elevates art and can be very creative. And it's kind of what I want to talk about in this game.
0: Okay, so so how does that kind of manifest itself in the game? or Are we going into... The world around um, Francis's songs is that is that what's happening or what
1: well I think, I think it's the, the world that, that Francis explores is kind of separate from his own music. I mean there's a okay. lot of musical aspects of the game there's sampling there's playback there's guitar playing, but the messages the the dialogue he has with the people and the messages about hype and, and marketing and mm. and how these things can be as creative as your core medium, not something that is additional but something that can require as much thought and, and as much imagination as your core medium. So, as Francis moves throughout the world, he starts to understand that these things aren't, like, terms like marketing and image aren't aren't dirty words, but something that you can really explore creatively.
0: Okay. So, are you physically moving throughout the, the real world, or is everything...
1: Kind of in- France, France moves through this. It's a, a closed, multi-dimensional highway, and it's, it's uh,
0: Wait, what is a closed, multi-dimensional highway?
1: It's like a highway that was once a thoroughfare, but is now closed and decrepit. And he's walking that road. Okay, and 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 the only way you can pass through the stations of this world is. Is these large kind of alien monsters, and the only way that you can kind of go to the next station is by making those creatures feel awe. So you have to put on these enormous concerts to develop yourself, develop your musicianship, develop your stagemanship, and 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 move on to the other levels of the world.
0: Okay, so so you're trying to create awe in the these people that you're coming across. Um, why? Why is Francis in this world to begin with? I, mean, I don't want you to spoil well, anything if that is no, a spoiler. Exactly, but exactly. We're going what, deep
1: into the plot here. We're going deep yeah. <laughs> into um, Basically, he, he meets a couple of characters uh, in his hometown of Calypso, Colorado. One's Violetta. She's a laser artist from California, and the other one is Lightman, who owns a a, a very small and hard-to-find shop within Calypso called Lightman's Reptile and Telescope Emporium. And... Um, <laughs> Basically, there's a lot of weird stuff going down in that shop and Francis uh, interacts with Lightman and Lightman is kind of a star maker. He's like a, he's like a well of musical knowledge and it's, it's Lightman and Violetta who lead him on this road to kind of discover who he is and, 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 and inform him about um, stage personas and, and backstory and marketing and hype and, and, and how that works with your own art.
0: Okay. It's okay. Very cool. <laughs> um, it, it's just so, like, kind of far out there in a, in a lot of ways. It's, it's kind of hard to write, wrap your mind around when you're not seeing it, I guess. It's, um, just
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's These are just the themes of the game, you know what I mean? Sure. Obviously, it's a platforming game. Um, there's kind of rhythm games involved with um, playing your guitar, and there's also um, a key system which is, involves sampling the different creatures of... Of the of those worlds and playing them back in different arrangements, um, and you know, so those are the core gameplay mechanics, and they're going to be really fun. But you know, I really wanted to have, I really wanted to explore these themes of of you know alternate personas and 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 the worlds people build around their core mediums. Sure. So what, what is what is
0: Francis's end goal in all of this? Is he just trying to grow himself? Is is there a deeper meaning to the uh, the world around music, or what? What is? What's in it for Francis? I guess.
1: Sure, sure. Well, Francis is, well, we're getting deep into the plot again here. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to give too much away. But sure, sure. Um, you know, Francis is on this road to this first show. It's this this uh, fulcrum that he that he can't avoid. He has to play this first show, and before he gets there, he has to decide who he's going to be when he gets there. Who is going to step mm-hmm. out onto the stage? And of course, there's you know ticking, that, that, you know, that's the ticking bomb of the situation, but um, there's a whole plethora of, of, of danger and twists and turns of what happens to Francis when he goes out on this adventure, and it, it becomes in doubt whether he'll make it home at all, but he needs to find who he is, get back to the first show, and and kick ass. That's his motivation. <laughs>
0: okay. Nice. Now, when I, when I watched the trailer um, before we, we talked, I got this kind of the Secret Life of Walter Mitty vibe from it. Oh, have you seen sure. that? Sure.
1: Yeah, I do. I really like that film. Okay,
0: I I don't know if you were going for that at all, but there was just something about it that I, it may have even been just the David Bowie of it, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's you know a literal moment where um, Ben Stiller is is running to David Bowie music uh, in that movie. So that that may have been all it really was, but I, I got that kind of vibe <laughs> from it. So.
1: No, sure, I mean, it's got a lot of those indie kind of vibes about it, sure, I, I understand that, um, and you play uplifting music and show someone running, it just, it really does evoke a lot of independent films. <laughs> it does, it
0: does. Uh, so what were some of the the inspirations in kind of coming up with this very vibrant world, I mean, you've already kind of talked a little bit about uh, David Bowie, as we just mentioned again, but... Um, like, what were some of the other places you kind of drew from to create some of the more fantastical elements of the world and as you kind of, I guess, in your own space, researched the world behind, uh, you know, the music, you know, the, the marketing and all that kind of stuff?
1: Sure, sure. Well, I, you know, I had a lot of of input of my own. I mean, uh, because I, I entered that music industry and and how bizarre it was and how different it was to what I imagined it. And I guess the the, the 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 jump up point for making this world extremely bizarre and colorful was, um, you know, what those ideas and dreams of what you have of the music industry before you enter it, hmm. um, and these grand plans you have for the stage, the stages you'll build and the film clips you'll build and the adventures that you'll go on and the doors that will suddenly open for you once you break into this magical, far-off world. You know, that's how teenagers look at the music industry. I guess I wanted to take that to an absolute extreme. And um, uh, in a world of secret doors and and, and creatures that can grant you uh, the next step, and I guess that's what it really felt like when you're in the music industry. You meet this one person, they're the key holder, and then you get to the next one, and then they can open the door to the next thing, and it always seems like you're on this crazy adventure of, um, of an almost mystical world does that make sense? Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I think visually as well I uh, spent a lot of my maths classes just drawing creatures in my textbook uh, instead of doing maths and I think there's a bit of a stepping, <laughs> stepping off point there as well of just chaotic colour palettes and creatures that define physics <laughs> sure. very
0: cool Now uh, we talked a little bit about you know that there's puzzles and stuff like that. Can you go a little bit more into kind of what you're actually doing? uh, You know, more moment by moment in the game. Is it is it mostly story driven of kind of walking around and talking to people? Is it more adventure gamey where you're doing puzzles? You mentioned platforming at one point. Yeah, there's There's a a blurb on your website that says it is a sampling laser light guitar solo kind of game. Which that's exactly what (laughs) it is.
1: Um, there's uh, yeah, there's uh, obviously platforming, there's a lot of dialogue a lot of dialogue choice um, it's not a choose your own adventure I wanted to be have a more of a straight narrative than that but I really like um, have you played Kentucky Route Zero? I have not, I, I download it every
0: few weeks and then never get around to playing it and so I remove it for space and then I'll, <laughs> I'll download it again a couple of weeks later
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I think Kentucky Route Zero is an incredible game, I think uh, it, that's not a choose your own adventure but the dialogue you choose informs who the character is, hmm. and um, I think we're going down more of a road like that now. It's something I really enjoy in, in dialogue of games, is is setting the tone as opposed to guiding the story. Um, something I really like. And uh, other elements, yeah, the sampling, um, which means you can approach different creatures in the world and and, and sample their music to add to your sample bank. Um, so, so you can approach a creature, and it it only sings when it hears the 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 approaching footfalls of its predator, so you have to go and find its predator, record its um feetfalls, which sound like drums, go back, play the drums, and then that creature will wake up and sing, then you can capture that animal' samples and then by the time you get to bosses, you have a whole sample bank of sounds which you can use to which are all interchangeable and you can use to create your own music and then um, play rhythm games over the top of. Um, So it's like a key system that evolves into kind of a creative system. It's really fun. We're probably going to have a little example of that um, in the Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's really cool. Um, Have you ever been kind of messing with that sampling system and just kind of come up with something that is like, oh wow, I didn't expect, I I guess just this combination of music and that sounds awesome.
1: I'd like to say that, but no. When we write it, uh, we know exactly what we're doing. Uh, (laughs) But uh, when we write those sort of things, obviously everything has to be in a similar key with a similar rhythm, Um, so you know it all works together. Um, But you know, I think you are right, though. I mean, when you when you get it all and you get to play around and mix up all those samples, you can strike on strange uh, emotions and feelings. Um, Yeah, I mean that's the joy of that kind of sampling of 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 it can be random it, it, in, a, in a way it's random but in a way it's very calculated so sure. it is it's enjoyable to write and it's enjoyable to play with
0: so can you can you record and sample anything in the world or is that like a specific kind of like context sensitive thing that you're going up to and being like you know there's a lot of
1: there's a lot of stuff to record i mean the whole okay. game isn't one sample bank there's like a sample bank for each level
0: okay um, so you're and, not just building up this giant sample bank. By the end of the game, you've got like hours of of no, music no, yeah. you can create. I mean,
1: the problem with that is, I mean, I would love to do that. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I think, um, the problem with that is, then everything has to be in the same key, and it would get hmm. it would get boring. So you know, you got to switch it up over the worlds. Have different BPMs, um, which is beats per minute, and um and and different keys.
0: Okay, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Now uh, you mentioned that the the dialogue there's there's different choices, but you're not you're not changing the story. You're just changing. Are you even changing who the other uh, characters see you as, or is it really just kind of defining um, yeah, who
1: you see the character as? A- absolutely. There's there's and they, it all goes to informing who you become as a stage persona and what your okay. name is and how you look. Um, Okay, so, so the there's over, not
0: multiple endings, but kind of who you are at the end is, is visually going to be different.
1: Yeah, it's visually going to be different. Oh, and, that's, that's and, awesome. And the, the backstory you cre- create for yourself will be different depending on what you choose. And um, it kind of goes through the different elements you need to create a stage persona, such as, like, the backstory you have, um, you know, the world you build around that character, what image they have. Um, there's different, you know, and we kind of obtusely look at, at the various things like um, hype is one of the examples we use in the game and it's about being seen in the right areas of the map and 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 putting on impromptu performances to build the hype until you get to the boss um, you know so there's different weird um, obtuse kind of ways of, of, of looking at the different elements of stage personas and marketing an image
0: sure sure that's uh, that's really kind of interesting. In my mind, I'm actually kind of thinking of a game where, like, all you're actually doing is playing the character creator, and then once you've created the character, like, the, the game is over. Yeah. Um. And but there's so many games I've spent hours in that section that it's like actually a game it's where a bit, you're just you're just yeah. creating the character. That's
1: fantastic. Man, I spent hours <laughs> making my character in Fallout Four, and then I wore a mask the whole time. Right. <laughs>
0: I was so glad when, uh, when games started giving you the option to, like, hide helmet or hat in dialogue, because, oh, now I can see my face. Fantastic. <laughs> after spending three hours of fine-tuning that nose. Actually, usually the nose is the thing I never touch, because that's, I, I don't know why, but you, you just mess a little bit with a nose, and it just looks weird. It's
1: just gone. I have the same problem yeah. with the brow. I feel the pain. Mm, pain.
0: Yeah. And also, it, uh, like, nose and uh, eye spacing. For whatever reason, like once you start moving the width of the eyes, like it just always yeah. looks weird. They, it's they always on. look well,
1: too un- far apart to be, um, or too close. Un- eye-, eye width apart. I'm sorry. Un- eyes eyes are meant to be one eye width apart. Yeah. So once once you mess with that, it's all over.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, are you changing anything that? granular uh as far as your your character by the end or is it more the the costume and makeup obviously you mentioned like the backstory and the name but like as far as visuals go uh just kind of what you're wearing or will you physically change at all no
1: you won't physically change because i think it's important to it's important to have that element of that you can't be that person all the time Hmm. and um and when to turn that character on and off so francis vendetti as himself will he'll stay who he is and He'll be he'll he will wear the skin say of a new character just as as David Bowie did or as Darth Punk does.
0: Darth Punk, nice. <laughs> Darth Punk. I like it. I like it. Hey, <laughs> do you get to have any helmets? If you get to be if you're going to be Darth anything, do you get to have a helmet? <laughs> um,
1: you should, you
0: well, should code in helmets.
1: That, that well we great. haven't we, we haven't got that <laughs> full into designing every single. Uh, Every character, yeah, but I, I mean, I would love to
0: chuck some helmets in there. Absolutely. Uh, now, now, you mentioned designing every character. Um, is it going to, are, are you going to kind of like average out into, say, there's like 12 different characters you could be in the end? Or is it going to be like, a, because of your choice here, you're going to wear this, you know, shirt sort of thing and like this
1: part of your backstory is going to be slightly different than this no, other that's one something that's going to come to light more over the development of the game i mean we'll okay. obviously go in there hoping to get as much customization as possible but at the same time i don't want to i don't want this to be a choose your own adventure like we were talking about before right. i think we, we want to keep to that that narrative because we think we've got a really great story so um you know, this the the path that Francis follows is gonna be quite similar for everyone and obviously we're just talking about cosmetic changes. Right and right. and the and, and the fleshing out of that character. So I mean we'll we'll work um on that more in, in development. Gotcha. Now how far along are you kind of
0: at this point?
1: Do you have playable demos? Yeah, we don't have any demos yet. We have all okay. our systems built. Um okay. obviously we're working with uh professionals at this point in time, so we can't spend uh, we can't build whole levels of the game. We've built, our, we've built our core systems, our movement system, our climbing system, our dialogue system, um, and our sample systems are well on the way, and our guitar system is, I think, almost done. So um, we're pretty far along uh, as far as, pre- as, as in, the, in the pre-development stage. We're doing really well.
0: Sure, sure. Now, you guys have a, a Kickstarter that's coming up here pretty soon, I guess about a, a month away at this point. It's a um, six, March first. That's awesome. Uh, what What are you hoping to achieve with the Kickstarter? Because you mentioned, obviously, you know, you got the um, uh, the grant from Unreal. Are Are all of you still working full time doing something else? Are you all in on the, the project? What's, I'm all what's in. Kind of
1: your, okay. I'm all in. The other guys are um, working part time, which is great. That's what we need them for at this point. Um, sure. And we'll obviously be spending a lot more time if we hit our goal, which should be around forty-five thousand Australian. Okay. Which in okay. American, I believe, at the, at the moment is about uh, eight dollars. <laughs> 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 so we should, we should, if we get a few American backers, we should be there in, in a matter of hours.
0: Awesome! That's that's great. Just buy the game once, and you'll you'll fund it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you, Americans. <laughs> um. What, what are you hoping to accomplish with the Kickstarter? Obviously, it's going to help you to you know stay alive and, and paying bills and, and buying licenses and stuff like that. But is there anything more specific that the Kickstarter is going to let you do that you aren't sure if you're going to be able to do otherwise?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've got our stretch goals. There's different other elements I'd like to add to the game if we get a bit more than our over our 45 grand, which is like hoverboarding sections. And obviously, then we've got other... Um, more regular stretch goals, which are obviously producing for PlayStation and Xbox, so hopefully we can get enough cash to to, to put this on consoles.
0: Mm -hmm. Very cool. So is is there anything specific that, I guess is there and more of a a serious question, is there anything that you're not going to be able to do if you don't meet the Kickstarter? Or is Uh, it just more of a matter of time?
1: (laughs) It's a matter of how long we can spend on the game, and obviously there's I think a lot of people go into Kickstarter with this idea of there's there's this is the smallest possible game we can make to tell this story and sure. then the 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 more money you get in you get to add uh, you know more characters um better animation and i I think in in this kind of game it's about the more money we get the the bigger the game will be um I don't think we're gonna lose any of our main mechanics anything like that, and I'm gonna make the game um you know, as brilliant as I can, anyway. Do you know what I mean? Uh, even if we just limp over that line, um, I'm going to be working 16 hours a day on it anyway. Um, so, you know, I just we just like to hit our goal and 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 make the best game that we can. Sure, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, now you mentioned that you want to get uh, what 45,000. Um, that's that's 45, the that's 45,000
1: Australian, yeah. Right. And then hopefully we uh, pull a bit of a hyperlight drifter or a night in the woods, and we can get a a sure. lot more than that sure sure uh
0: what are some of the w- the rewards that you guys <laughs> are working on i don't i don't know how early you have to finalize that
1: stuff but what are i guess some of your ideas uh for those sure well i mean we've got the regular stuff which is just a version of the game art book uh the soundtrack we're talking with a company in la at the moment called iron 8-bit um who have been really fantastic and we'll be working with them to make t-shirts and uh Limited edition vinyl prints of the soundtrack, which will just be available to uh, to Kickstarter backers.
0: Oh wow, nice! That's always cool when there's something that is called limited edition and it actually is like limited. To yeah, yeah, to well, certain the, groups yeah,
1: Absolutely, people. yeah. No, the t-shirts and vinyls we we print will will never be made again. That's uh, cool. After the Kickstarter.
0: I, I like that stuff. It's always weird when you're you walk into a store and you see a limited edition version of a game four years after it came out, and it's like I,
1: it's not really that limited, is it? <laughs> no one bought it. But um, yeah, no, I think I think it's cool to do that stuff with Kickstarter, and it's um, you know, that that's even with the theme of this game, you know, the the things outside of the core medium and how they can inform your art. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's it's the way you run the Kickstarter and. And the prices you give and the way you present those things are really part of the game. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. our that's our vibe. Awesome.
0: Now you mentioned the um, the vinyl. Uh, do you guys already have the, the soundtrack kind of planned out for what we've
1: that's going to be? Soundtrack. We do, we've oh. done, uh, we've done we've uh, done quite a few tracks. Um, but we're keeping them on. The, we're keeping that stuff on the download. We don't want to give too much away. Sure. Yeah. Um, musically, story-wise, we, we want to give people an idea of what this game is, the systems, and the emotions behind it, and the the themes and thoughts behind it. But um, I, I, it's going to be fantastic. That's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Will the soundtrack be available? Say, if if somebody misses the Kickstarter, or whatever, they find the the game later on when it's released. Do you yep. guys have plans to like release the soundtrack? separately not in vinyl obviously but uh,
1: we'll, we'll probably still be doing function. vinyls we'll still be doing vinyls but they won't be the limited edition kickstarter ones they'll, okay. be, a, uh, they'll be a more basic version. Gotcha that's cool
0: that's cool. Uh, the The music in the trailer is that from the the game is that stuff
1: specifically? Uh, yeah that's the <clears song> that <throat> wrote. me and Josh
0: right. Okay
1: um, yeah we're just listening to a lot of um M83, <laughs> like we want to make a really big, epic band/slash symphony track. Um, sure, we placed that in one of the levels, and it it works really well. We're really happy with it.
0: Nice, very nice. Uh, without spoiling too much, like where else does the the music kind of go in terms of like genre and stuff? Are you sure. exploring a lot of different
1: options, or yeah, is well, it... there's, different, um, there's different stations and different worlds without uh, throughout this multi-dimensional roadway um, and there's a bit of Talking Heads vibe, there's a little bit of Vangelis um, and there's different, you can actually create music just by moving through some sections of the world, um, there's different, animal. The we've had a, a whole bunch of fun making the soundscapes of alien worlds, making ridiculous animal noises into microphones and vocoding them and switching them up. Um, so there's a lot of care that's been taken in the sound of the game Um, there's uh, different animals that have different mating songs throughout the world that you can walk past and listen to Um, and uh, if we get enough funding for our hoverboard levels we have um, different creatures that sit throughout the level so as you pass them you can hear them singing but as you pass a whole bunch of them they make music so it's Mm -hmm. like just it's almost like the game system is the music engine as you move through it, which has been really fantastic to work on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play
0: any of the Bit Trip games?
1: Um, I have played Bit Trip, but not for a long time. Did you like that game? <laughs> uh, I was a big
0: fan of uh, Runner Two, the the sequel that they made a couple of years after they oh, sure, did sure, the sure. Wii games. Um, just because it was. Uh, visually beautiful and also the the music that they did with it was a lot more complex because it wasn't the more chip tuny kind of stuff yeah so sure. uh so it the, the music was a, a lot more appealing just because it, it seemed much more different from kind of like track to track than yeah. uh what was in the uh the original games but yeah, yeah I, I-, I really liked those because you know when you're like one of the things that I liked about it is just that you feel like you're kind of creating the music as you're successfully running through the level and stuff like that.
1: Absolutely yeah.
0: So it seems like kind of a, a similar vibe there
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, well there's yeah, I mean a different kind of uh, a, a few different kinds of, of music game within it. There's the sampling and then there's the rhythm game as well and then as well as the kind of artful meditative way of walking through these different kinds of music. So yeah there's a few elements.
0: Yeah, well, I was specifically thinking about, like, the, the hoverboard sections yeah. being kind of like the, the bit trip sort of
1: Yeah, stuff. sure, sure. I think um, ours are a little more, yeah, meditative than that, at least in
0: okay. those sections. Nice. Meditative um, stuff, does it doesn't make a big enough splash most of the time, I feel like. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been replaying Life is Strange here recently. Yep. And uh, I... I heard the soundtrack the first time I played it, but I didn't really hear the soundtrack the first time sure. I played it. And so, kind of going back through it, like that, those are some really powerful uh, songs that they've kind of thrown in there. They they work extremely well. And there are times where it's just fun to just stand there and just soak in yep. the, the atmosphere.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, Life is Strange is is, is a work of art. I think it's um, um, you know, like Gone Home or Kentucky Route Zero. It's a little it's a, they're little windows into the future of, of of what a large portion of gaming will be, or an expanding portion. Sure. Sure.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, if you're ready, we're we're going to go ahead and, and jump into the uh, the end game here and and ask you some really difficult questions. Generally speaking, I'm terrified. Anyway. I'm terrified. You should be.
1: You should. Fired be. at me.
0: All right. So uh, so we've got like 10-ish or so questions. I don't know. I- I've got the list here in front of me, but I'm not going to count. It's-, it's somewhere near that number. Uh, the first <laughs> yeah. question is, who is your favorite video game protagonist? So protagonist.
1: hero. Yeah, the-, the person that you play as. That, yeah. Um, wow. So hard. Are you just throwing me for a loop here? Oh, my God. I play millions of video games. Who's my favorite protagonist? My favorite protagonist? Well, I'm going to come back to that one. Let me think on that one. Okay, sure. You want, you want to go to the
0: next one? Yeah, go or? to the next
1: one. Go. Okay. Go to the next one. I'm going to come back to favorite protagonist. I don't know if I can show right. that out so willy nilly. That's a deep question.
0: It is. Uh, this one may be worse for oh, you. Yeah. Who's your favorite antagonist? So, bad guy, villain.
1: Oh, man, you've really thrown me here. You've absolutely thrown me. Um, oh, this is such a hard question, dude. I can't believe you just throw these out. Throw these out at people like grenades. It's tough. Yep, pretty much. Um,
0: and this oh. is always kind of the reaction. Generally, people are surprised at how hard it is to answer who is my favorite video game protagonist?
1: Oh, my God. We're going to have to come back to protagonist and antagonist. Let's keep going. Oh, my God. like So the the ones
0: after this are harder, dude.
1: You, okay. Well, let's you, see. Let's I, see. I don't
0: know if you want to move forward and then come back to this. It's,
1: <laughs> it's oh going to be a bad believe, time. I'm actually <laughs> sweating. You've thrown me out of here. Keep going. Keep going.
0: <laughs> keep going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um... Are there any uh, trends or kind of things in the, the video game industry that you've seen and feel like are, are awesome but aren't getting enough attention and you would like to become bigger? So whether it's yeah, know, style of a gameplay problem. or I, anything. I
1: think there's a problem that a lot of games have with the pacing at the beginning of games. Um, I think people take a little bit too much from film uh, where they say they have, we need this smashing opening sequence where we throw the player straight into carnage. And I feel like there's a different pacing method with video games. You can give people a little more time at the start. Because it's an interactive format, I feel like you can give people more time to interact with that world and learn a little bit more about that world and the people within it before you kidnap them and then make that person save them. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. I think uh, you know the, a lot of the A games are, are guilty of this. Uh, 5 Cry oh, yeah. 3 comes to mind. Um, hmm, oh, actually, sure. that's my favorite antagonist. There's an Australian in Far Cry 3. I forget what his name is. He's one of the... He's a te- he was a fantastic villain. Uh, no, Voss? Um, no, not Voss. No. He's like one of the other dudes on the island. He's an Australian guy, and he's really fantastic because Voss's Vaas, um, kind of insanity and fury seemed kind of all-encompassing, like it covered the whole island. But there was this Australian character in it who's one of the villains, and the difference between his anger and insanity as opposed to Vars' was that it seemed to be always focused on you. It seemed to be more intense as, a, as opposed to where Vars' was more all-encompassing of, the, of that whole world. That's my antagonist answer. <laughs> okay, nice. And Sorry, and my... Um, yeah, my trending game that I like is... I, I like um, games that flesh out their beginnings a little more. I think for AAA titles, a good answer would be the Arkham, I think it's, yeah, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum have really great beginnings. Even though they're not very long, they really flesh out the world and introduce the characters before they throw you in there to beat people up. Sure.
0: Yeah, I know, and I think Far Cry 3 is definitely one of those where you, you don't even, you can't even really soak in why you're there before you're shooting people.
1: Yes, yeah. I, I, had a lot. I mean, I love the Far Cry games. Um, sure. Because they're just crazy. And I love the idea that, you know, I can set a bear on fire and, and launch it at a, at a, at a base. <laughs> it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but I think they, they... Have you played Far Cry 4 as well? I've not played 4, no.
0: I've only played... Well, I've played 1, 2, and 3.
1: Okay, so. yeah, well, 3 is a good example. I mean, there's this weird kind of video at the start where everyone's Jersey Shore characters and then suddenly I have to save everyone and now I'm Rambo.
0: Right, yeah, you're, both you're Rambo and now you're supposed to care about these, like, obviously terrible people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's, a, it's a classic symptom of uh, what I call I'll just stand over here, which is, which is where you, you walk into a situation that you have no knowledge of and suddenly everyone gets you to do everything. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I think you 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 wake up in a in a village, and they're like, "Oh, the the communication towers aren't working. Go and fix them." I, I think writing <laughs> gaming, you need to be a little more elegant with with how you send people off on quests. Sure, In, sure. in, in that game, it really just felt like, um, "Yeah, I'll just stand over here."
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, uh, we're going to
0: go to the next question and then we're going to jump back to protagonists after that. So be thinking. Okay. Uh, so this, this next one is kind of flipping the, the trend one on its head. Is there is there anything that you really wish, you know, is there any tropes in the industry that you really wish would just go away? And I'm you can't glad use, obviously, I'm the.
1: You asked me. I you
0: can't use the same answer that you just used because no, that was no, kind no, of no. A, a two-pronged answer there. I'm, so you...
1: I'm glad you asked me. Every single first-person game does this, and, and I hate it, right? Stop knocking me out to do scene transitions. Mm. You you watch every single first-person player game you play, you will at one point get knocked out, happens every time for a scene transition, and it really annoys me. <laughs> sure, yeah. That nice. is a trope that upsets me. Okay. Very
0: nice. Is any particular reason why? Is it just lazy? or I think
1: it's lazy. I think okay. uh, every every time now you want to do a scene transition, oh, cool, just you just turn around and there's the antagonist and he hits you in the face with the butt of a rifle and then you're somewhere else. It happens so much, especially when you're looking for it.
0: Indeed. So so we can expect uh Francis Vendetti to be knocked out several times during it's his adventure.
1: How it, it, it's how he it gets to every new level. It's <laughs> out every single time.
0: Somebody just runs up behind him and does like a James Bond like back chop on him and he just falls yeah. over and yeah. wakes up in a new world. Absolutely. That would uh Actually, if, if you wanted to play that for comedy, that might actually be pretty funny, where you just get to the end of the level, somebody just randomly runs on, knocks you out, you wake up in a new level.
1: It's kind of uh, like that in Super <laughs> Meat Boy, isn't it? The, the dude runs and just punches the girl in the face every time and takes her away.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That, that is a great game right there. All right, so we're going to jump back to uh, favorite protagonists before moving on.
1: Who is your favorite video game hero? It is tough. I'm going to have to go with the... And do you know what? I don't even know what her name is. But the, I really love the lead character from, from Gone Home. Mainly because I just love Gone Home so much.
0: <laughs> okay. So the the lead character in that who you're playing as or the uh, sister I, I, that you're reading about?
1: Um, No, the sister. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The sister is... I think that's just one of the charming, most beautiful games I've played. And sure. it, it it really, and I'm going to throw in another, I'm going to throw in another Okay. At, um, protagonist in here as well. Let me just say, I really love those characters from, I don't know if you'd necessarily call them protagonists, but I really love those characters yeah, they're, from, they're, from they're the but,
0: They're the main characters of the game. They, they work my, as I protagonists. What, my
1: first real love of, of video games and where I could see how artful they could be was, uh, Remedy's first game, which was the first Max Payne, mm. and just that way, that that fantastic way they did, um, they moved that n- noir comic book into the video game world, and just that, that the way they really replicated that um, die-hard film noir kind of lead character, and and that that awesome voice that he had, that growl when he was speaking about his wife and his daughter, and the onset yeah. of that drug, that, that game was that first Max Payne game blew my mind
0: sure, yeah, that was a, that was a fantastic game right there and just as a, a side note uh, the, the person that you play as in Gone Home is uh, Caitlin, and her sister's name, the one that is really kind of the star of the show, because that's who you're constantly finding out information about, is Samantha
1: that's right, yeah incredible game, have you done Gone Home? yeah, what a game, so well done Love to see the um, internet comment sections arguments about it. Oh, hours of (laughs) entertainment!
0: Absolutely. All right. So, next question is: You know, you are you've kind of lived two dreams here already. You've been a professional musician. You are now making your own video game, which are both crazy and awesome. But if you had the chance to try any other profession, what would it be?
1: Um. I'd really like... I mean, I'd really like to direct a film. That's a lame answer, though. You know, I'd really like to work in, like, hands-on visual effects. You know, like like gremlins.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, like, animatronic-style
1: stuff? (laughs) Yeah, take me down to Weta in New Zealand, and I'll I'll build a few orcs. I'd totally be down with that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fantastic, fantastic. All right. So next question, and this is actually the um, the second to last question. I'm actually I'm gonna ask this two different ways. Okay. Uh, because we've kind of changed the way that we've asked this over the course of the years. Um, yeah. And I really kind of like just the craziness of the first way I'm gonna ask this. So have you ever seen um, John Carpenter's Escape from LA?
1: Yes. Okay. No, I anymore. haven't. La. The yeah, sequ- La. The sequel. Yes. Yeah, many years ago. Yes.
0: Okay. So at the end of that movie. Um, Snake Plissigan gets, uh, access to a, like, satellite dish that can, like, just, uh, drop an EMP bomb that will throw the world back to the Stone Age. All right? Right. Yeah. So, you get a note today that says that's gonna happen. What is the last game that you play before the EMP goes out and you can't play video games anymore?
1: Um, probably Journey. Okay. Yeah, I think, um... Because I mean, if it's dropping, if it's dropping in a few hours, I got to get through the whole game first of all.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, t- time is fluid. Like if it, you can't, <laughs> okay. you can't just play an infinite game to prolong it so that the EMP never comes. But <laughs> y- you can finish your game, whatever it is.
1: I think no, I, I still think my answer's journey. I think okay. that um, really opened my mind to another game that really opened my mind to the artfulness of games. It's sure. um it. You know its soundtrack is like incredible. I think it was the first video game soundtrack to be nominated for a Grammy, I believe, and um, just a tremendous piece of art. And and just I loved the 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 multiplayer element that they that they brought into that, which was just one button of kind of dinging at the other player and and walking through that adventure with someone else, but not necessarily having anything to do together except walk together. I loved that
0: absolutely yeah That that's one thing that I am really sad that hasn't been replicated more in video games because I feel like that would be great for especially well, I mean any kind of co-op thing but like co-op shooters that I don't want to find the time to like go find somebody that's playing and just yeah. have a, a seamless kind of walk in walk out where you know maybe for you know 20 minutes I'm playing with somebody and then they get a bad connection and they disappear and AI takes over and then somebody else pops in and I never have to know yeah. And we're not communicating, nobody's saying that they slept with my mom or anything. It's just <laughs> nice, fun, cooperative, anonymous, you know, gameplay. Yeah, uh, I, I I thought I, that, that was like, a fantastic solution that Yeah. Just I has, think
1: that might say a little bit about too about about the kind of games I like, which is I'd rather have play a shorter game that left me with something. Than absolutely. than a game that's, you know, a hundred hours long that doesn't give me anything. Uh you know, emotionally. Um, and just the, um, the, the, you know, walking through that, that whole game just with someone who you don't know who you ca- can't communicate except for little beeps, and just sharing something with them I thought was something that was really amazing.
0: Yeah. That was a really good game.
1: So journey, uh, journey my all right. <laughs> all
0: right. So, so now I'm going to ask the, uh, basically the same question. Uh, just in a uh, a slightly different way. If you could go back and play any game for the first time, what would it be? And it can't be Journey because you already said that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Either the first Max Payne or I really liked Red Dead Redemption. Mm. Um, I don't know. I could name a million games. I really loved Kentucky Route Zero as well. Have you played The Beginner's Guide? I have yes. Oh man, I loved that. That was I. That was really I loved that it
0: too. We we actually had um, we actually had about an hour and a long hour and a half long um conversation between me and one of the other reviewers on on Dark Station, um about that game because it was just like when I got done with it I was just like I have to talk to somebody about <laughs> this because
1: oh it my was god a much <laughs> journey I I loved it I really loved it so it was I think yeah. I I would go my answer would be like. Those kind of games that, that don't have that much replayability but really really leave you with something, as we spoke about before. So sure. you know, Kentucky Route Zero or um, or the beginner's guide or gone home. It would be in, in that that plethora. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Alright, so now we are to our last question here, and that is when when you get to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad is there with the book of the deeds of your life. What do you want him to say to you before you know letting you in?
1: I just want to put my hand on my chest and, and he's going to say, "What's the password?" and I'm going to put my hand on my chest and say, "Every rose has its thorn," like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Just because I want to replicate that heaven scene from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> Fantastic! That is. That is excellent,
0: um, and in so many ways that that word can be taken. Uh, that is that is excellent. Uh, all right, well, congratulations, you passed. That is the end game. You have you have made it through. You you answer all the questions. You should pat yourself on the back. It was. I
1: was, right? was tough, but I got there. Thank you for sticking with me. I no problem.
0: It. No problem. Well, so glad to have you on the show, uh, Johnny. Glad to uh, to talk about the artful escape of Francis Vendetti. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game and uh, when the Kickstarter is starting so that they can uh, find that and support it. Yeah, well, you can
1: go to www.theartfulescape.com. That has everything you need. It's got all our social links and it's got the video of the game, a whole bunch of screenshots. And we're going to Kickstarter on the 1st of March. And you should uh, go check it out and give us at least, you know, a half of your money would be great. If you're an American, just whatever spare change is in your wallet, and well, that's going to cover it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you again for uh, for sitting down and talking to me about the game. Good luck as you guys kind of go hard into development here, and um, you know start start really kind of cracking down on the game and making it a making it a game. Um, and good luck with the uh, the Kickstarter too. Wish you the best. Thanks so of much,
1: Jonathan. Thanks heaps for having me. No problem. Glad to have you. See you next time, brother.